Welcome, everybody, to episode number 25 of Broad Sports. As always, I'm your host, Kevin Cohn, and I'm super excited to dive into our weekly segment of the top 25 and our NFL picks of the week. It is the one of the most important weeks in college football for not really the Power Five teams, but a lot of the mid-major conferences. And also, we are entering into some of the biggest games of the 2020 NFL season. So without further ado, let us dive into our college football playoff top 25 for week number 15 of the college football season. There are four new teams this week, and a few teams moved up a significant amount of spots, and other teams moved down a couple spots. So without further ado, here are the rankings. At number 25, this team joins into the college football playoff for the first time this year. Out of the SEC West, this team was expected to be one of the bottom feeders in the SEC, or I'm sorry, not the SEC West, the SEC East. They are expected to finish, I believe, around dead last, and they are currently third in the SEC East at 5-3, and three, the Missouri Tigers. At number 24, this game, or this team, not game, this team survived a scare in Annapolis last week against the Navy midshipmen. At number 24, the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. At number 23, out of the ACC, this team joins in for the first time this season. They are 8-3 on the year. Two of the three teams from the triangle. I would know the triangle personally since I attend Elon University in North Carolina. And I'm about an hour from the city where this school is located, Raleigh, North Carolina, at number 23, the North Carolina State Wolfpack. At number 22, this team suffered an upset loss last week in Fort Worth against the TCU Horn Frogs, and this loss knocked them out of contention for the Big 12 title game They've moved down from number 15 to number 22, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. At number 21, the only other undefeated team in the Pac-12 besides the USC Trojans joining in for the first time in any rankings this season, both AP and college football playoff, both at number 21, the Colorado Buffaloes. At number 20, Joining back into the rankings after being out last week, the 6-3 Texas Longhorns. At number 19, this team got a big win last Friday in Boone against the Appalachian State Mountaineers, moving them up from 25 all the way to 19 out of the Sun Belt Conference, the UL Lafayette Raging Cajuns. At number 18, this team was given 48 hours notice to play their next opponent, the Coastal Carolina Shauna Clears, and unfortunately they became one yard short of victory, which dropped them from number 13 to number 18, the BYU Cougars. At number 17, 
the other team from the North Carolina Triangle out of the ACC, Sam Howell and the North Carolina Tar Heels. At number 16, out of the Big Ten West, this team moves up three spots from number 19 to number 16, the Iowa Hawkeyes. At number 15, this team, after a big win against Wazoo on Sunday night, they move up five spots from number 22, number 15, the University of Southern California, or USC Trojans. At number 14, this team unfortunately had their game canceled last week against the University of Minnesota, but they keep their ranking from last week, the Northwestern Wildcats. At number 13, out of the Sun Belt East, their first Sun Belt East title in school history, they come off of probably their biggest win in school history, knocking off number 13 BYU, 22-17, to stopped them by one yard to win the game as time expired at 10-0. The Coastal Carolina Shawnaclears. Personally, I think they should be a little bit higher, but that's just me. Because when you look at I'm going to actually have a little taser right here. I think that Coastal should be ranked a little bit higher because when you look at it from an AP standpoint, BYU was number eight in the AP poll last week, and Coastal Carolina was number 14. In the AP poll, this win against BYU pushed them all the way up to 11. Now, is it beggars be choosers? Yes, because, oh my goodness, they, they moved up five spots. That's amazing. But I think, honestly, they probably could have jumped Indiana. Oklahoma might be a stretch, but I think that they could have jumped Indiana to get to 12. But, hey, just can't be choosers. They still moved up five spots. They're 10-0. and 0. They have a really good shot of making it to a New Year's Six Bowl game. However, they just got to get past UL Lafayette in the Sunbelt Championship game and also their upcoming game this week against the Troy Trojans. Back into the rankings. At number 12, this team got a big win in Madison last week, which I did not expect them to do, but they keep their rankings. At number 12, the Indiana Hoosiers. At number 11, with Oklahoma State's loss to TCU, this team puts themselves back in the Big 12 title game for the, I believe, the fourth straight year, because this is the fourth year that we've brought back the Big 12 championship at number 11, the Oklahoma Sooners. Will they knock off Iowa State? We'll just have to see, because TCU didn't stand in their way three years ago, Texas didn't stand in their way two years ago, and last year, the Baylor Bears did not stand in their way. So let's see if Iowa State will be too much for them to handle in the Big 12 championship game next week. But that's next week's episode, so we'll get into that later. At now, we are in the top 10. At number 10, this team keeps their ranking for the third straight week. At number 10, 
the Miami Hurricanes. At number nine, this team, after they had a postponement against Vanderbilt, they moved down one spot in the rankings at number nine, the Georgia Bulldogs. At number eight, this team also moved down one spot as well out of the American Athletic Conference, the Cincinnati Bearcats. At number seven, this team moves up two spots after their big win at home, 42 to, I believe, six against the Mountaineers of West Virginia to clinch their first Big 12 outright regular season championship in school history. That is amazing accomplishment, but at number seven, the Iowa State Cyclones. But let me just dive into that segment real quick. That is an amazing accomplishment for the Iowa State Cyclones. Not only is it their first Big 12 championship, or regular season championship, at least in school history, this is also their first outright championship in school history because both of their two championships from or their one championship that I know of at least from 1912 they were co-champions of the Missouri Valley Conference with the University of Nebraska so this is their first outright championship in school history and they're going to play for their first Big 12 trophy next week amazing cyclones now into the top 6 at number 6 a win in Knoxville last week clinched the SEC East for them for the first time since 2016. This team will head back to Atlanta and the first in the Dan Mullins era at number six, the Florida Gators. At number five, this team survived a scare in Jordan Hare against the Auburn Tigers, but they still remain the number five team in the nation, the Texas A&M Aggies. At number four, after a dominating win in East Lansing, the Ohio State Buckeyes remain number four in the nation at five and zero. Which we'll get into. We'll get into them when it's time to go through the schedule. At number three, this team absolutely dominated the Hokies of Virginia Tech in Blacksburg last Saturday, forty-five ten to clinch their, if I'm not mistaken, fifth or sixth straight ACC Atlantic title. It would have been Atlantic title, but they're on to their, yeah, they are on to their sixth straight ACC championship game at number three, the Clemson Tigers. At number two, a big win against the Syracuse Orange on senior day keeps the Notre Dame Fighting Irish at number two, an amazing and also an amazing accomplishment for a senior quarterback, Ian Book. He finishes his Notre Dame career a perfect 15 and 0 at home as a starting quarterback for the Irish. That's the second best record behind Tommy Rice, who finished 16 and 0. Congratulations, Ian. You should be very proud of that accomplishment. And finally, the number one team in the nation after a big revenge 55 to 17 victory against rival LSU, the Alabama Crimson Tide will head back to Atlanta for the first time since 2018 
or their second time in three years and their third time in five years. Anyway, Alabama will head back to the SEC championship game, and they remain the number one team in the nation. The four teams that dropped out this week include the number 16 Wisconsin Badgers, who lost at home against the Indiana Hoosiers, the Marshall Thundering Herd. This team, this team was ranked 21st in the nation. They were 24 point under, or 24 point favorites against the Owls of Rice, a team that went, I believe, 1-11 last year in the 150th season of college football. They proceeded to lose 20 to nothing at home against the Rice Owls. Their freshman quarterback, Grant Wells, he's a very good quarterback. However, when you throw five interceptions in a game, you should probably lose the game. And that's what happened. The number 22 Washington Huskies. They were upset by the Stanford Cardinal. I actually know a kid who is on the Stanford football team. That is offensive lineman Jake Hornibrook. That's a big win for Jake and the team. Amazing. And number 23, Oregon, drops out after dropping their second straight game of the year against the Cal Golden Bears in Berkeley. That is it for, that is your top 25 for week 15 of the college football season. Now let us dive into the schedule. Now, this would be considered an open week in normal uh, seasons. However, for a lot of these teams, it is crunch time. Because, well, at least not in the Power Five. Most likely, at least we know two conference, or three conference championship games in the Power Five. The ACC championship game will be number two, Notre Dame against number three, Clemson. The SEC championship will be number one, Alabama against number six, Florida. And the Big 12 championship will be number seven, Iowa State against number 11, Oklahoma. Now, there is some controversy involving the Big 10 championship right now. We'll get to them a little bit later. And also, the Pac-12 championship, that still hasn't been decided. There's a big game in the Pac-12. Whoever wins that game will get... There's a big game between Washington and Oregon this week and Eugene. Whoever wins that game will win the Pac-12 North. And also, because they're relevant right now, our first game in the schedule. On Friday, December 11th, 2020, at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on Fox Sports 1, we have the 4-0, 21st ranked, the, excuse me, the number 21 Colorado Buffaloes. They're 4-0 in the year. They host rival Utah at, Fol- at Folsom Field in Boulder, Colorado. The Buffs, they are favored by only a point and a half, and the over-under is 49 and a half. I'm going to take the Buffaloes to get to 5-0 and on the year. Now, this is a big, big week for the Pac-12 because also Colorado will make it to the Pac-12 championship game if they win and USC loses. Now, technically... These teams were supposed to play each other. So USC right now, they only have the lead. 
because they have played more conference games than uh, Colorado has. Colorado has played three Pac-12 games because, if you don't remember, USC-Colorado, that game was canceled due to COVID outbreak on the USC football team. But then the Pac-12, they made the rule that you are allowed to have non-conference teams play against the Pac-12. The only things were that the Pac-12, it had to be on a broadcasting network that partnered with the Pac-12, and also the Pac-12 team had to be the home team. So the Colorado Buffaloes got a game that week, and it was against the San Diego State Aztecs, who they crushed, by the way. So Colorado is 4-0, USC is 4-0. However, USC is 4-0 in the Pac-12, and Colorado is only 3-0 in the Pac-12. So if Colorado wins and USC loses, they will win the Pac-12 South. However, if USC wins, they will win the Pac-12 South. But I digress. Give me the Buffaloes. On Saturday, December 12th, 2020, at noon on ABC, we have a game that was supposed to be played a couple weeks ago that is going to be made up. For Just a heads up for a lot of you guys for uh, just this schedule this week. Most of these games are games that have already been postponed and have to be made up compared to some of the Big Ten games that actually were scheduled and the Pac-12 games that were scheduled. A lot of these other games in the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12, and the Big 12 they're postponements that have to be made up. So the first one that is being made up is the number 11 Oklahoma Sooners heading to Morgantown to take on the West Virginia Mountaineers. Now, the Sooners, they're favored by 14 points, and the over-under is 56.5. I'm going to take the Sooners to win. However, I do think the Mountaineers will be able to cover that spread because they have one of the best corners in not only the Big 12, but in the country. That is Tyke Smith. He's also a Philadelphia guy from MHF Charter. Yeah, he's one of the best corners in the league, and he's only a sophomore. The Mountaineers will cover, but the Sooners will get the W. At 7 o'clock on ESPN, this game was supposed to be played back in September, but remember there was a COVID outbreak on the Florida football team, so it got pushed all the way back to this week. It is number 6 Florida hosting LSU. The Gators, they are 23-point favorites, and the over-under is 67 and a half. I have the Gators absolutely crushing the Tigers. This team, I loved LSU last year. It was an amazing team, an amazing accomplishment for them, big for their program. However, now this team is in shambles. Apparently, a lot of their notable guys are going to hit the transfer portal, which might hurt Coach O in the end. And this team will actually be the first defending national champions since... 1967's Michigan State to be a defending national champion and finish the season with a losing record. Gators, all the way. Now, this game was supposed to be played last week, but it was pushed to this week because they decided Alabama decided to play LSU instead. But anyway, at one at noon on ESPN. We have the Alabama Crimson Tide traveling to Fayetteville, Arkansas to take on the Arkansas Razorbacks. 
The Crimson Tide are favored by 32 points, and the over-under is 68 points. The Tide are going to roll. The Razorbacks could cover that spread, and what I mean by that is they'll lose by, like, 29 instead of 32. I don't mean, like, oh, yeah, they'll only lose by, like, 10 points. No, they're going to lose by at least 20 points, but I could see them covering that 32-point spread. But give me the Tide. At noon on the SEC Network, we have number nine, Georgia. They're hitting the road and heading to Memorial Stadium at, or Barrett Field at Memorial Stadium to take on the number 25, Missouri Tigers. The Bulldogs are favored by 13 points, and the over-under is 53.5. Yeah, I don't like that spread at all. Again, Georgia's quarterback situation, yes, one of their other quarterbacks hit the transfer portal, but I don't know if it's going to be Daniels or Bennett. Their quarterback room is just a mess right now. Give me the Missouri Tigers in the upset over the Georgia Bulldogs. Basilak from Missouri has looked really, really good. I'm not going to lie. I like Basilak. I think he's going to have a good career in Columbia. At noon on ESPN2, we have a big rivalry game, at least for Northwestern, in the Big Ten. The number 14, Northwestern Wildcats, host in-state rival Illinois. This game is usually played on a neutral field. I think, if I'm not mistaken, a couple years ago they played on Wrigley Field, but they usually play at Soldier Field. I think this game will be in Evanston at Ryan Field where Northwestern plays. The Wildcats, they're favored by 14 and a half, and the over-under is 40 and a half. Give me the Northwestern Wildcats to roll over the Fighting Illini. At 3 o'clock on ESPN+, Plus, we have the number 13 Coastal Carolina Shauna Clears. They hit the road and head to Troy, Alabama to take on the Troy Trojans. The Shauna Clears are favored by... 13 and a half points and the over under is 51 and a half. Now this could be a trap game for the Shauna Clears. Don't get me wrong, but I am going to pick the Shauna Clears to win because I think after that win against BYU last week, this team will be riding high, not only to the Sunbelt championship, but I think that they will make it to New Year's six bowl. At three 30 on ABC, now, this is a big game in the ACC. Unfortunately, these teams will not play for the ACC championship game, but it's still a big game. Number 10, Miami hosts number 17, North Carolina. The Hurricanes are favored by three points, and the over-under is 67 and a half. I'm going to take the Hurricanes to outduel Sam Howell and the uh, Tar Heels and... I think that that spread's going to hit dead on. I think Miami wins by three. At 3.30. Oh, this, okay. Uh, looking at this schedule, it does not have a network for this game, but I'm just going to go with my better judgment and, get, and guess either Fox Sports 1 or uh, the Big Ten Network, but it is number 16, Iowa, hosting Wisconsin. The Badgers are actually favored by a point. And the over-under is 41 and a half. I don't see it happening. Give me the Iowa Hawkeyes. Oh, do I even need do I really even need to say this game? At 
4 o'clock on ESPNU. I'm sorry if I come off as pompous and arrogant when I say that, but this is just a really bad game. 4 o'clock, ESPNU. Number 20, Texas. They hit the road and head to Lawrence, Kansas to take on the 0-9 Kansas Jayhawks. And Kansas actually lost to Coastal Carolina in their first game of the year. The Longhorns are favored by 29.5 points. And the over-under is 61. You know what? Texas will win. This might go against my better judgment, only because Kansas lost last year on a game-winning field goal in Austin. By the grace of God, I think that the Jayhawks will cover this spread. But they'll still finish the year 0-10. And And will you let Les Miles go? You never know. At 7 o'clock on ESPNU, we have the number 22 Oklahoma State Cowboys traveling to Waco, Texas to take on the 2-6 Baylor Bears. The Cowboys are favored by 5.5 points, and the over-under is 49 points. I'm going to take the Cowboys to bounce back after a heartbreaking loss in Fort Worth. Now, this is the big game of the Pac-12 at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ABC. I'm just going to call it this because that's what it basically is. It is, I know it's not the name of the actual rivalry game. I believe it's Battle for the Victory Bell, but I'm going to call it the Battle for LA. It is number 15 USC. They'll head to the Rose Bowl to take on UCLA. The Trojans are favored by two and a half points, and the over-under is 62 points. If the Trojans beat the rival Bruins, they will head to the Pac-12 championship game. Just because I want the Buffaloes to head, to the Pac-12 championship game, I'm going to pick the UCLA Bruins. And our final game at 10 o'clock on ESPN2, we have number 18 BYU hosting San Diego State. The Cougars are favored by 16.5 points, and the over-under is 49. The Cougars will bounce back after that really close loss against Coastal Carolina. Now, there have been, there's been three cancellations and one postponement at the time of this recording. They include number four, Ohio State, against Michigan. We'll get into that in a second. But number five, A&M, they were supposed to play Ole Miss. It's been postponed for the second time this season, which means most likely this game will be canceled because there's a COVID outbreak on the Ole Miss football team. Uh, Cincinnati, number eight, Cincinnati at number 24, Tulsa. That game has been canceled, but to them, it is not the biggest deal in the world because these two teams will play next week in the American Championship game. But that game has been canceled because there are some COVID outbreaks on the Bearcats football team. And also, Indiana-Purdue, their rivalry game, that game has been canceled because both teams have decided to quarantine because there's COVID concerns with both teams. Now, with the Ohio State-Michigan cancellation, in the normal rules, or the rules that the Big Ten set up, where you have to play six, not just six games, six conference games, 
And since they played conference-only scheduling this year, they would be ineligible for the Big Ten Championship game. Ryan Day, head coach of Ohio State, sent a massive appeal saying that they should still be able to go to the Big Ten Championship. Now, they have a meeting. All 14 athletic directors of the Big Ten, they're meeting. They're expected, but the keyword is expected. You don't know if it's actually going to happen, but it probably will, which I'm not a big fan of it. But they're expecting to let Ohio State go to the Big Ten championship game, even though they only played five games because this is their third cancellation. The game against Maryland was canceled because the NCAA canceled it with the COVID outbreak in Maryland. The Illinois game, which Ohio State canceled themselves, they that was their second cancellation, and this would have been their third cancellation. Well, this is their third cancellation. Not this would have been, but this is their third cancellation of the season. The game will not happen. The streak still continues for Ohio State, basically. Um, yeah, because there is a COVID outbreak on the Michigan football team. I'm personally not a big fan of them letting Ohio State go to the Big Ten Championship game with only five wins. I get it from a financial standpoint because Ohio State, they're the best team in the conference. They have best chance of making the college football playoff. I believe if you looked at if you looked at the FPI, they have a 74% chance to make the college football playoff. I get it from a financial standpoint because they will lose the Big Ten will lose about $15 million if they don't have a team in the playoff. But from a moral standpoint, I disagree with the move. I think personally, I would think that this vote would have to be unanimous to let them go to the Big Ten championship game. And I don't think I could, and I already know one vote that would probably be no, and that is Indiana's athletic director because, yes, Ohio State beat Indiana, but Indiana is going to play seven games, and with Ohio State having their third game canceled, they wouldn't want to shoot themselves in the foot. They would want to go to Indianapolis to take on Northwestern, not have Ohio State play Northwestern for the second time in three years. So... I get it from a from a financial standpoint. Just morally, I just don't agree with the move. That is it for our top twenty-five schedule. Now let us dive into week number fourteen of the NFL season. But before we dive into the actual schedule and our picks for the week, let's go over some of these standings. We're going to do the standings for the rest of the season because it's week fourteen. We are officially three quarters of the way through the NFL season and it is crunch time for a lot of these teams in the NFL. There's been a lot of up and downs with the standings and also just the wild cards in general. So let's take a look at these standings. Let's start with the AFC East. Currently the Buffalo Bills, they stand on top of the AFC East at nine and three. They have a 91% chance of making the playoffs. And also they're one of three teams that has not won the division in this millennium. It is them, the Detroit lions and the Cleveland Browns. They are the only team that has not won a division title. They are the only three teams in the NFL 
that have not won a division title in the 2000s. So, will it happen? There's a good chance it will. However, they have to be very close coming up because they have Miami coming up on their schedule. They have Pittsburgh this week. It's going to be very, very tight race to the finish because, and I believe they play New England again as well, but it's going to be a tight race to the finish, especially knowing that they have the 8-4 and four Miami Dolphins right on their coattails. And Miami, they have some big games coming up. They have Buffalo week 17 of the season. They have, uh, they have Kansas City this week. They have the Patriots coming up, and they have Vegas. So those are big games for the Miami Dolphins against three against four teams who could all well the Chiefs have already clinched a spot, but against teams who all could potentially make the playoffs. So it is really big crunch time in Miami. This would be their first time back to the playoffs since 2016 if they make a wild card. The New England Patriots, they're not in bad position. I didn't think that I thought this team was going to finish 5 and 11. However, they're currently 6 and 6. They're not in bad position. Now, are they in the best position to try to make a playoff? To try to make one of the wild cards? No. We're being blatantly honest, no. But they're not in horrible position. And the 0-12 New York Jets, they sit at the bottom of the barrel. And also, even if they won one game and let's say Jacksonville loses out, they'd still get the first overall pick. Primarily because, yes, they both got a win. However, actually, you know what? I can't say that now. That'll, that That's too confusing now. And if, that if they would have beaten the Raiders last week, that would have made sense. But looking at it now, it does not make a lot of sense. So we'll get there when we'll get there. In the AFC North, I called it. I'm happy I'm not going to look like a clown. I called it. The 11-1 Pittsburgh Steelers. They're undefeated no more. Washington upset them. But now, that is big news for the Cleveland Browns, who really surprised me last week against the Tennessee Titans. They shut down Derrick Henry. Yes, they only won by six, but if you look at the score, it was, what, 38-7 to at one point? They were killing the Titans. It was 17-0 at the end of the first quarter. Good God. They dominated the Titans last week. Baltimore, they're still in prime position to make it to potentially push for that seventh spot, knowing that they're currently seven and five after their bounce back win last night against the Dallas Cowboys and the Cincinnati Bengals. They are eliminated from playoff contention at two, nine and one in the AFC South. There's still a tie for first place between the eight and four Tennessee Titans and the eight and four Indianapolis Colts. They both split the season series. Indianapolis won at Tennessee Tennessee won in Indianapolis. It'll be interesting to see what happens with both these teams. But the Houston Texans, they're not eliminated just yet, but they will be after this week. 
And the Jacksonville Jaguars, they've lost 11 straight games. That is their that is their longest streak in franchise history. They are eliminated from playoff contention. And in the AFC West, the only team in the AFC to have clinched a playoff spot so far is the 11-1 Kansas City Chiefs. The Las Vegas Raiders, they sit, there's no chance that they're going to catch the Chiefs at this point, but they could still potentially push for a wild card spot at 7-5. The Denver Broncos, they have not been eliminated yet. They are at 4-8. and eight. And the Chargers were eliminated this week after a 45 to nothing loss at home against the Patriots. On the NFC side, the Giants. They are still on top of the NFC East. After winning their fourth straight game, upsetting Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. That's I was honestly surprised, but also... Colt McCoy didn't do anything in that game. Alfred Morris won them that game. I digress. Uh, The Washington football team, they are technically tied for first place, both at five and seven. They've won three in a row. But the Giants, they will stay in first place for now because the Giants got the season sweep over Washington. Philadelphia Eagles by half a game. We are in fourth place or third place at three eight one. That will change after this week, and I'll get into it when we get to the schedule. But at last place at three and nine are the Dallas Cowboys. In the NFC North, the Green Bay Packers stand on top of the NFC North at nine and three. The Minnesota Vikings move into second place at six and six, and they actually jumped the Arizona Cardinals, for that seven spot in the NFC playoffs. That's going to be a very interesting race between Minnesota and Arizona, to say the least. And both the Chicago Bears and Detroit Lions, they're both not out of the playoffs, guys. They're only one game behind both the Vikings. Yeah, behind the Vikings for that seven spot. It's... Honestly, going to be an amazing race to the finish with this NFC wildcard. In the NFC South, the only team that has clinched out of the South is the 10-2 New Orleans Saints, who, if I had to guess, if they win this week, they will clinch the NFC South for the third or fourth year in a row. I believe it's the fourth year in a row. Mainly because... The best that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can finish is 11-5. They're 10-2, and, and the Bucks were swept by the Saints. So, yeah, uh, I think if the Saints beat my Philadelphia Eagles this week, they will clinch the NFC South. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're currently sixth in the wild in the NFC playoffs at 7-5. and five. And The Atlanta Falcons, Carolina Panthers, sit at the bottom of the AS and the NFC South at four and eight. And in the NFC West, the Rams jump back into first place of the NFC West due to the fact that they beat the Seahawks head to head. So now both of them are eight and four, but with their win against Arizona, that puts them on top of the Seahawks in the NFC West. The Seahawks remain at number five in the playoff race. 
because of the fact that they lost to the New York Giants, which really shocked me. And the Cardinals have dropped three straight games. And they got jumped by the Minnesota Vikings for that seventh spot. And San Francisco is now hot on their tail at five and seven. That's it for the standings. Let's get into week 14 in the NFL season. On Thursday, Thursday night, December 10th, 2020, at 8.20 p.m. Eastern on Fox and the NFL Network, we have the 6-6 New England Patriots coming off of a 45-0 absolute domination of the LA Chargers in SoFi Stadium last week. Funny enough, they'll head back to SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California, this time to take on the other LA team, the LA Rams who are 8-4, coming off of a, or to return home after a road victory in the desert against the Arizona Cardinals. The Rams are favored by 5 points, and the over-under is 44.5. Now, Patriots, you're doing a lot better than I thought you were going to do. Hats off to you. Wow, you won 45 nothing. But unfortunately, that was against the Chargers, which is not saying much. <coughs> Excuse me. Give me the Rams. On Sunday, December 13th. Oh, also, there are no more bye weeks this week, so we'll be back to 16 games a week. And I went 10-5 and last week. That's right. I I counted it this week, guys. I went 10-5. and I'm happy about that. But on Sunday, December 13th, 2020, at 1 o'clock on CBS, we have the 8-4. Tennessee Titans coming off of a home loss last week against the Cleveland Browns. They'll hit the road and head to TIAA Bankfield in Jacksonville, Florida to take on the 1-11 Jacksonville Jaguars who lost their 11th straight game. But last week, they finally made a two-point conversion to send it to overtime. But a late Harrison Smith interception set up a Dan Bailey field goal for the Vikings to win 27-24 in overtime against the Jags. The Titans are favored by seven and a half points and the over under is 53 points. I think the Titans will absolutely dominate the Jaguars, especially knowing how they looked really bad last week against the Cleveland Browns. At 425 on Fox, we have the 10 and two New Orleans Saints coming off a very very, very, very impressive win last week. They will hit the road and head to Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Take on the 3-8-1. Oh, I'm sorry. The Saints held off the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta last week. And the Philadelphia Eagles, they return home after a 30-16 loss. Uh, I made myself look like an ass for taking them last week. A 30-16 loss in Lambeau against the Packers. The Saints, they are favored by, uh, not 11 points, excuse me, by 7. And the over-under is 44 points. Yeah. Uh, Also, rookie Jalen Hurts. The second round pick out of the University of Oklahoma, but formerly before Oklahoma, the University of Alabama, 
He'll make his first career start for the Philadelphia Eagles against the Saints. Now, oh boy, if Breeze plays, the Eagles have a chance of winning. But I think most likely if it's going to be Hill, I think the Saints will beat the which I think will happen. I think the Saints will beat the Eagles. They'll clinch the NFC South because I'm not stupid. Our team, we're in full tank mode. I'd rather lose out. I think the only game that I really want to win now is week 16 against the Dallas Cowboys, and that's about it. I I don't care if we get swept by Washington. I don't care if we lose to the Cardinals next week, which most likely will happen. I think we're going to lose to the Saints because Taysom Hill is a hard quarterback to prep for. Well, he's easy but hard because also the Eagles aren't horrible against the run, but we haven't played a quarterback yet that is very run heavy. He either likes to hand it off to Kamara or take it himself. He rarely likes to pass the ball. So, taking the Fleur de Lises. At 1 o'clock on CBS, we have the 4-8 and eight Houston Texans coming off of a home loss last week against the Indianapolis Colts. They'll hit the road and head to Soldier Field in Chicago, Illinois to take on the 5-7 and seven Chicago Bears who are coming off their sixth straight loss of the season, losing last week at home against the Detroit Lions. The spread is even, and the over-under is 45 points. Give me the Houston Texans. At 1 o'clock on Fox, we have the 3-9 and nine Dallas Cowboys coming off of a loss last, last night in Baltimore against the Ravens. They'll hit the road and head to Cincinnati, Ohio, to take on the 2-9-1 Cincinnati Bengals to return home after a loss last week on the road against the Miami Dolphins. The Cowboys, they're favored by three and a half points, and the over-under is 42 and a half. If Burrow was playing, I would have taken the Bengals in the upset, but I'm not stupid. I'm taking the Cowboys. At one o'clock on CBS, another game, a game that shouldn't be Sunday night football, but should be moved down to primetime, like 425, not at one o'clock. But anyway. The 11-1 Kansas City Chiefs coming off of a home victory on Sunday Night Football against the Denver Broncos. They'll hit the road and head to Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, Florida to take on the 8-4 Miami Dolphins who stay home after a victory last week against the Cincinnati Bengals. The Chiefs are favored by 7 points in the over-under is 49.5. I think the Dolphins actually could cover that 7-point spread. But I think the Chiefs will get to 12 and 1. At 1 o'clock on Fox, we have the 6 and 6 Arizona Cardinals coming off of a home loss against the LA Rams, their third straight loss of the season. They will hit the road and head to MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey to take on the 5 and 7 New York Giants, who are on a hot streak. They've won four in a row, but they return home after an upset victory last week in Seattle against the Seahawks. The Cardinals, they are favored by two points, and the over-under is 45 points. I think the Cardinals will bounce back and beat the New York Giants. 
big game and wild card implications at one o'clock on Fox. We have the six and six Minnesota Vikings coming off of a overtime home victory against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They'll hit the road and head to Tampa Bay, Florida to take on the seven and five Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're coming off the bye week, but in week 12, they suffered a loss in the pitcher's duel against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Buccaneers, they're favored by six and a half points, and the over-under is 51 and a half. You know what? I'm going to take the Vikings in the upset. At one o'clock on CBS, we have the four and eight Denver Broncos coming off of a very close Sunday night football loss in Kansas City last week against the Chiefs. They'll hit the road and head to Charlotte, North Carolina to take on the Denver, the Carolina Panthers, who are 4-8, and eight, also coming off the bye week. But Week 12 suffered a one-point loss in Minnesota against the Vikings. There is no over-under, and there is no current spread for this game at the time of this recording. I'm going to take the Panthers because they are a little bit healthier than the Broncos. At 4-5 on CBS, we have the 8-4 and four Indianapolis Colts coming off of a road victory last week in Houston against the Texans. They'll hit the road and head to Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada to take on the 7-5 and five Las Vegas Raiders, who won in the final seconds last week against the New York Jets. The Colts, they're favored by three points, and the over-under is 51 and a half. Only because this game is in Vegas, I'm taking the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, in any given time, this would be an easy game to pick. But anyway, at 4.05 on CBS, we have the 0-12 New York Jets coming off of another home loss against the Las Vegas Raiders, where they had a chance to win. They stopped the Raiders on 4th and 3, with about a minute 43 left. They gave the Raiders the ball back to have Derek Carr throw a game-winning touchdown to Henry Ruggs, a 46-yard passing TD to Henry Ruggs III with only five seconds left. And the funny thing is, the only coach that got fired from the Jets was their defensive coordinator, Craig Williams. They keep the human robot known as Adam Gase. Anyway, they hit the road and head to Lumen Field in Seattle, Washington to take on the 8-4 and four Seattle Seahawks coming off of a home loss last week against the New York Giants. The Seahawks are favored by 13.5. The over-under is 47 points. Only because I feel, you know what, no. They're not going to struggle two weeks in a row. Give me the Seahawks. At 425 on Fox, we have the 9-3 and three Green Bay Packers coming off of a home victory last week against the Philadelphia Eagles. They will hit the road and head to Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan to take on the 5-7 and seven Detroit Lions, who are riding high after a come-from-behind victory last week in Chicago against the Bears. The Packers are favored by 7.5 points. And the over-under is 55 points. Give me the Green Bay Packers to beat the Lions. 
At 425 on Fox, we have the 4-8 Atlanta Falcons coming off of a home loss against the New Orleans Saints. They'll hit the road and head to SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California to take on the 3-9 Los Angeles Chargers who are coming off of a 45 to nothing beating by the New England Patriots. The Falcons, they are favored by 2.5 points. And the over-under is 49 points. Give me the Falcons. At 425 on Fox, we have the 5-7 Washington football team coming off of a upset victory back on Monday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They'll hit the road, and once again, this should have been at Santa Clara, California. But what I reported last week, where it was three weeks and... Arizona would only host the next two home games for the Niners. That's not true. Three out of the last four games for the San Francisco 49ers will be in Arizona. They've made Arizona their new home stadium for the rest of the season. Their only game not in Arizona because, funny enough, they were supposed to travel to Arizona to take on the Cardinals coming up in a few weeks, but their only game not in Arizona will be in Dallas against the Cowboys. Anyway, the Niners come off of a Monday night football loss against the Buffalo Bills. The Niners are favored by three points. That's a little shocking. And the over-under is 43-and-a-half, giving the Washington football team to upset the San Francisco 49ers. And for the first time since week three, they will take the lead in the NFC East. Sunday night football at, at 8.20 on NBC. We have the 11-1 Pittsburgh Steelers coming off of a home loss against the Washington football team. They will head to Orchard Park, New York to take on the 9-3 and Buffalo Bills coming off of a win in Arizona against the 49ers. The Bills are favored by two and a half points, and the over-under is 46 and a half. Sorry, Pittsburgh. I got you guys dropping your second game of the year. Give me the Bills. And our final game. Monday, December 14th, 2020, at 8.15 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. We have the 7-5 and five Baltimore Ravens coming off of a home victory last night against the Dallas Cowboys. They'll hit the road and head to Cleveland, Ohio, the first energy stadium, to take on the 9-3 and three Cleveland Browns. This is the Cleveland Browns' first winning season since 2007 when they finished 10-6, and but unfortunately did not make the playoffs. That is still a big accomplishment for Kevin Stefanski in his first year in Cleveland to lead them to their first winning season since 2007. But the Browns, they return home after an impressive, yes, I would put that word in all caps if I was texting, impressive road victory in Tennessee last week against the Tennessee Titans. The Ravens are actually favored by one point. 
and the over-under is 46.5 points. I say nay to that spread, and I will be picking the Cleveland Browns to put themselves in prime position to fight for the AFC North title. They're going to beat the Baltimore Ravens. That is it for my picks of week 14 of the NFL season. You guys don't have to agree with me, but if you do, that's awesome. But even if you don't agree with me, that's cool. Everyone is entitled to their own opinions. That's going to wrap it up for episode number 25 of Broad Sports. I cannot thank you guys enough. I'm extremely excited that we've made it to 25 episodes. That is an amazing accomplishment. Please follow Broad Sports on Instagram and Twitter at Broad Sports Pod. And with that being said, this is your host, Kevin Cohn, signing off. Have a great day, everybody.